When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is the boys cast. It's for the boys. So uh, the audience member, 18% female. I don't know if you'll be in this kind of thing, but if you are, here you go. It's for the boys. We're going to be talking a little bit about a video game. Dude stuff. Uh, dude stuff. We're going to talk a little bit about a survival. We're going to talk a little bit about... Uh, Knives and guns and whiskey. And... We have... America. All that handy. Yeah. And so starting off this evening is just a little bit of a cube of ice. What we're sipping on this evening? What we got going on? This one is the Jefferson's Reserve. And... um. I would say it's probably one of the more expensive in the uh, in the in the pantry right now. I'm I'm, I'm still building that bourbon collection, um, but it, it is is really good. Uh, I'm not a man of money, but I can tell you that at a particular restaurant, this goes at about twenty two dollars for a glass. So you're going to pay about twenty two bucks for this for a glass of it um, at this restaurant. So. Um, just to give it a shot, I gave it a little taste test one night, and I will, I will tell you that it is, uh, it's, it's, it's worth every penny. So, if you are somebody that likes collecting, you're into maybe cigars and bourbon and stuff like that, I highly recommend it. It, it, It's not, it's not among the elite. It's not top end. But it's not Evan Williams, so. There you go. (laughs) And like, while we're at it, we're in Starville, Mississippi. I would like to give a shout out to Spring Street Cigars that is located right there on Main Street. Like, you've gotten into the cigar culture here of late. So, like, tell me a little bit about what's going on around here. Uh, So, before that, my experience with cigars was very limited. There was people I'd go out every now and then. Some of the guys, they'd get together and have cigars. I never knew anything about cigar lounges or doing anything of that sort. Anytime I seen a cigar, it was normally a group of guys hanging out, at whether we were at a party together or something like that. Hey, we're going to smoke a cigar, right? Right on. Uh, so, For the boys. Yeah. So, And then also, some, in my mind, like the military and cigars, so... Uh, cigars were always, in my mind, uh, a celebration, right? You, you have like a, a celebratory cigar. Or as we as Bama fans, after we whooped Tennessee's ass. Yeah, you just, you know, put a big toe, you know, big old, big old stogie. You, you know? light them up. Yeah. Um, so Spring Street, Matt and Blake were, we were at lunch and they were like, hey, we're going to go by here. And we got there 
And dude, first thing when you walk in, if if first thing you, I believe you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to age a little bit. So if you're 18 years old, you're probably not gonna enjoy this when you. But when you walk in, if you like the smell of like just coffee or 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 or, or cigar smoke or any of that stuff like that, uh, you're gonna as soon as you walk in the door, boom, hits you. Well, I mean, like with Mississippi law, you got to be 21. So you got to be 21 to enter. Right? I'm saying though, like even not. I meant like in your. I mean, you've got to you've got to have aged. You know, like ooh, yucky. You got to get beyond that, right? Like you got to start finding some some interest in things like, you know, cigar, tobacco, whiskey, the finer things of life. I it, wouldn't, you know, it, you know how I relate that to is uh, I used to make fun of people who played golf. Until the first time I went and played golf, and like turns out, golf is a, it's a very fun sport. It's good to go out day drinking with your friends and playing. Yeah, it's also good to go out and be serious. Not even if you want to be an amateur or be a pro, you want to watch the Masters in Augusta. It doesn't matter. But I I, I subject the same thing. I believe that you are here mm-hmm. is like when it comes to cigar smoking or just having a good whiskey. It's that same kind of pristine. It's a it's a acquired taste. That's yeah. that's the nail in the head. Yeah. And so, if you have that, even if you've never done bourbon cigars, even if you don't do that, like if you are just like maybe into coffee or, or, or like you said, you've you've got to that point where you have a an, an aged palate or or just you know, uh, you when you walk in, bam, dude, it's gonna it's the aroma of the room it smells fabulous Mm -hmm. right it's awesome and then teddy as a uh you know as a guy that runs the store i mean dude he's charisma level 100 he's super energetic super i mean hilarious guy and literally treats everybody like a friend and let's be real is spring street cigar so they're on Main Street now, right by City Hall. Oh yeah. And so let's just talk about they're still calling themselves Spring Street Guitar, cigar. guitar, cigar, because yeah. um, they came from Spring Street and now they're on Main Street. If that tells you anything about this kind of business and how it works, is they made it through COVID and they were able to get some Main Street property. So this is something that you should definitely believe in. Give it a shot. Support the boys. Something else, too, that's a key takeaway to this, right? So first and foremost, if you walk in there and you go in the humidor and you're going to see, Teddy's going to show you stuff that you've probably never seen before because he's, as as, as somebody who owns a business, he actively goes out here and it's just like why I like Black Rifle Coffee so much because... Evan Hafer goes out there and looks. They're not just out here going, hey, our brand is the best brand and it's the best brand. You got to take. They're actually going out here researching and marketing, shaking hands, talking to people, and they're trying new things and they're bringing it and they're selling it from the store. The best cigar that we've gotten out of there, oh crap, what was the name of it? Um, there's an aromatic number one. I forget who makes it, but dude, he hasn't had them since because he's in the negotiation process of getting them, and he's mm-hmm. going to get some more. Mm-hmm. Uh, we recently started getting on these. Uh, there's one half smoked outside, but it's dude, they're so sweet. Oh, but the they, label was killer too. Oh, the labels, dude, they're awesome. It's uh, like the uh, the the skull candy, uh, like the stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Now that we're like roommates and stuff, it's like when I saw that you were getting into like the pop community and getting into the cigar community, I was I was thrilled because. 
I'm a lover of tobacco. I love that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but going off what you were talking about, like Spring Street, all that. So there's a guy that works in there. His name is Brandon. Brandon works like hand in hand with Teddy. I don't know what his actual like position is in the business, but I can tell you this. Brandon was, uh, he worked for, uh, I know that he worked in with the refuge, or I'm sorry, uh, the Natchez Trace uh, out in the wilderness. He was like a, a ranger of some sorts. He, he did that. I don't know if it was for the Forestry Commission. I don't know if it was law enforcement. I can't, I know that him and I had a lot of similarities um, mm-hmm. uh, because we were talking about, because I was asking him, and he has a, he has a large... Um, he has a large um, bank of, you know, intelligence when it comes to like land navigation and stuff like that. So that's kind of where me and him were talking about. We were just talking about, you know, just uh, trails and land navigation and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and he quit that to come do this, to go sell cigars and to work at a cigar shop. And dude, let me tell you, how cool is it to be a guy? That you sit at the thing all day long. You sit at this cigar place all day long. You meet and greet. You shake hands with people. And then when you, you know, when you, when you talk to somebody, you bring them in. You're saying, hey, man, let's have a cigar. We sit down. And I'll tell you another good thing about Spring Street that a lot of people don't know is they have their own. They brew their own brew. Their own. And it burr, is burr, burr. huge. If you like a dark ale... Even if you don't like dark ale, and you maybe like you've a never, Guinness? Is that what we're no, saying? it's. I would say, I would say, you know, a Guinness is stout, but a Guinness is it's a dark brew. It is, a, it's a dark beer, but it is a, it's, 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 you know, uh, this is going to be a lot when it comes to. I would say, um, Guinness in comparison to Guinness, Guinness is going to be, in my opinion, Guinness is going to be a little bit, uh, I say, uh, thicker, a little heavier. Um, for that, um, also their, their brew, it's a little wider. It's not as heavy. And, um, uh, I, I wouldn't say quite as, uh, it's a less hoppy, I guess. Yeah. Um, but dude, it is, it's every time I go there, you know, I, I've not, uh, you can buy your own bottle and keep it up there if you want, but, uh. I like going in there and drinking dark ale, man. Like it is, it's really right good, on. good stuff. And that was on the fly. I really wanted to plug um, Spring Street Cigar. That's someone I want to stop in there. I want to have them on the podcast. I want to uh, talk about the business. Um, that now that I'm in Starville is like I want to serendipity hippie and like some of these other small businesses. You know, I really want to uplift and like tell people about what's going on with them. And so. I'm glad we done that, but now we have to start the show. And so we are starting <laughs> with video games, are we? So there was this conversation that has never happened, but if it could have happened, it would have went something like this. Mm. Tolkien, Jay, you know. J.R. Tolkien mm. and uh, the Rings and and George R.R. Martin, Martin, Game of Thrones, having this conversation. What are you going to name this place? Ha! Well, you can't name it Middle Earth because Middle Earth's already taken. 
Well, we can't call it Westeros because Westeros is already taken. Mm. Hey, I got an idea. Let's call it the lands in between. And poof. There you go. Now you set the setting of Elden Ring. Well, the thing about that, just and that's great for like pop culture junkies, but the one thing that I would say about uh, Dark Souls or Demon Souls, if you want to go that far back, is um, here's a philosophical for you: is evil is only capable of replicating good. It doesn't have the uh, thought of an original idea. There is nothing that it can do to be original. And so, like, when you see the corporate slime that Disney or Netflix or Hulu or any of these other streamers and things that are doing, like, think about all the remake of films. Elden Ring is a completely original idea, but, like, I like how you bring it home right here. That's cool. But uh, Demon Souls, Dark Souls, like, they have been keeping it real forever. And, like, shout out to the producers and to the writers. And the thing about that game, if you don't delve into the equipment, if you don't delve into the story and get to know the characters, like, and you have the option of, uh, you can kill them all. You can just kill them if you want to. <laughs> and so you can just wander blindlessly through it. But if you get into the store and you talk to all the NPCs and you do everything the way that you should, is you're going to find out that there's an ever-enveloping world that really makes this world sing to the point to where you would say, like, Martin, Tolkien, and you would put it up to a standard when it comes to a fantasy. But the one thing about Elden Ring, Dark Souls, Demon Souls, Bloodborne on PlayStation Bloodborne. is it's unforgiven. It will not forgive you, and it will not tell you your mistake. You have to rise up and overcome. In every small victory, you're overcoming. We had a conversation about this the other day, um, and somebody said, what is that? And, I, and, and me and another guy at work, we play it, and we talk about it, and they're like, what is that? Is that anything like, and they named just some random generated platformer type game, and I was like, no, this is an adult game. And they were like, what? What are you talking about? And then they, they asked, I forget what game they, they asked about, but they asked about uh, just, you know, some generic, like I play I play Call of Duty. There we go. I play Call of Duty. I was like, I play Call of Duty 2. Shooter. But that's a kid's game. Sure. I'm, I'm sorry, but, I'm, but a 12-year-old can get on there and kick butt on Call of Duty because it's fast-paced. It's a first-person shooter. All they got to do is get the upper hand on you. That, that that's all they got to do. If he's got right. set up, he can set up a twitch and he can make some money doing it. Elden Ring is why I said it's an adult game because, like you said, it, you, if you try to go in there and just like a hack and slash, promise you, you're not going to make it very far. Mm-mm. You're not because you have to. So the first enemy you face, he's going to defeat you. That's the point. And the thing is, is, is people get so hung up, they're like, but there has been people that have succeeded, but most of those people that have succeeded is because they've already played the game, they're going mm. back and they're playing it again. Um, and I just realized, I just really found out, though, that there is a, there's a plus to that, too. It's called NG+. Plus. Mm. Um, yeah, the game starts over. Yeah, but you have, yeah. like, some... Yeah, you, you carry on everything that you have, minus, but the game gets harder. Yeah, minus runes and, uh, like, status... But can I say? Can I tell you something about that? Like, which is uh, it's important. Like, 
that's, that's the thing with Dark Souls. It relates to uh, competitive sports back before everything got soft. Yeah. Is the thing I love about Demon Souls, Dark Souls, Elden Ring now, Bloodborne. It doesn't tell you how to play. It doesn't tell you where to go. It doesn't tell you what to do. And the first thing that you realize, you're about to get your ass kicked by a boss. If you, if you can somehow overcome that, you can beat it. But you know what that is? That is humiliation. That is humility. The first thing that game is teaching you is to be humble. And what does that game continue to teach you all throughout? Absolutely. You can die by a crab. Yeah, or, I mean, literally. You, you can, can get just killed be, by a dog. You be riding your horse, you're just going from one place to another, and then zap, bolt of lightning, and you're done. That's right. Yeah. It's and that's the, way, that's the way the game operates. And so it's it's more of a testimony to just... And that's why I like games like this. And when the game was coming out, it was a bit of a part of the delay, if I'm not mistaken. There were all these gamers mm-hmm. who were griping and complaining. Is look, we really want to play Dark Souls, but could you please just give Make us a... Make it diff- easier? Give us a difficulty bar. Can we like slide the difficulty bar down the worst we could play it? It would take away from the experience. The experience is there is no forgiveness. It is literal life. And all you can rely on is like, what do you do? When you're trying to progress, if you don't know what to do, you get on YouTube and you watch someone who came before you, just as you would do in life. Yeah, exactly. Or or you know, you research. Mm-hmm. You know, that be so one thing I do like about it and it's that. And it's you can't just so we can, we can, we, I can do this because I play a lot of video games and I've done, and even we were talking about this and they asked me about Skyrim and I was like, okay, yes, Skyrim, but no, not Skyrim. Why? Mm. Because there was a difficulty level and even though there was still a difficulty level, there are some elements to Elder Scrolls games that still, if you weren't up to a percentage, a level, you wouldn't have a success with a certain mission or a certain enemy or something like that. The thing that it had in common was Elder Scrolls and Elden Ring specifically is you could wander off and not ever do the, the main quest and you could come back and own it. Oh, you beat the quest. Because you might stumble in the right cave and get the right gear. Maybe. And then you would be what they would call OP. Mm-hmm. But like, as from software in Elden Rings, they keep nerfing and they keep making things harder oh yeah and they keep they're keeping the level it's like oh i heard all the fans were talking about how good this sword was <laughs> here comes update yeah the sword and ice and flame if you're a gamer and you're playing this i'm sorry but the sword and ice and here's the thing though before i say what i'm about to say which is it's nerfed so it's no more that's not entirely accurate because Elden Ring, in my opinion, goes further. It goes further than your standard um, RPGs, even your turn-based RPGs and stuff like that, where you have character builds and stuff like this. Elden Ring goes a little bit step further mm. because, um, for example, so when you come out of the when you when you open up into the first world, you you start in an area called uh, Limgrave, and there's a there's a dude there. His name is Vare. Now and he's jaded. And here's the thing about Vare: if you try to attack Vare, you have to do it three times. 
You have to strike him three times in order for to get a ride. I mean, and that's the thing about NPCs in Elden Ring. They have a almost like an AI. Like there's a setting. You can't go hit the next guy three times. It's not always going to be a hit one hit rule. The uh, War Master at the War Master Shack. Yeah. I struck him once, and it was on like Donkey Kong. Yeah. And boom, there we go. We started fighting, and it was an accident. I mean, too, there was a wolf chasing me, and I had to run behind him, and he's not moving. So, wow. Blood, Blood, the the wolf the wolf guy, dude. I'm right now. I'm playing. I'm discovering Necron, the Forbidden City, which is underneath Limgrave and everything else. And he's down there, and there's this, like, I don't know. The best way to describe them are, like, ghost Vikings. That's what they look like. These big, like, ghostly barbarian dudes. Hmm. And they're chasing me down while I'm in the middle of my dialogue between me and Blind. Like, what are we going to do? And then they, like, smack him. And I'm like, if you've been playing long enough, and, like, you see this, you know, you see this enemy smack Blind, you're like, ooh. You, you made just, a mistake. You just missed up. And dude, he just like shoulders that gigantic sword and he's like, shling, and it's like, it's over. Done. And that's, but what I was getting back to, again, off topic, if you were to attack Vare, one, one thing, one, he's going to one shot kill you all day long. One shot kill you all day long. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were trying to get my attention. Oh, <laughs> but anyways. Um, no, he's going to one-shot key all day long. But I'm not really talking about Vare, because Vare is going to be, uh, if you are playing the game, he's going to be uh, he's gonna lead you on to uh, a, a task and, and follow on missions. But there's a dude right behind him. That's the Tree Sentinel. All right. Now, this is what I'm getting into right now. As a noob, right, let's say that you're level 15, Okay. Um, all right, you have, I want to say, eight different character builds you can choose from. I want to say eight probably be a good number. All right. That's close. Those, those statistics, they all mean something. And when you start, right, your, your build, your character attributes, they coincide with the equipment that you equipped Mm. and also the weapons that you equipped. But they also coincide with what if I put a certain um, if I put a certain upgrade, which is in the game, it's called Ashes of War. If I put a certain Ash of War on a weapon, all that has something to do with something. So, like for example, a lot of people, the biggest one is faith-based builds. Everybody loves. That's a where good, I'm actually headed with my build right now. So you'll see as you play the game that. If you start playing, there's some armor that's super strong, high vigor, dexterity, everything else, but it actually has a perk for faith-based builds. Same with weapons. Mm -hmm. If you put all those together, you have a very strong faith-based character. Versus Skyrim, I could, like, suit up in, like, the strongest armor, get the best weapon, and I could, you know. It didn't matter so much. Yeah. And so, like, that... This is a game of consequence. When you start out the gate, let's just say there's eight right classes that you could pick from. It doesn't necessarily matter what class you build. You're already send, sending yourself down a trajectory, but you don't have to follow it. As you level up and you get more involved with the game, you kind of realize your fighting style. But what's crazy, as 
you get a little bit deeper, the enemies get a little bit tougher, and so you might have to adjust. So you really need to get a good feel before you make the call. And so I've always, in Dark Souls, I back my build with, uh, I like two-handed, a sword or whatever else, right? An axe, whatever. And I like having a faith-based build. I like running light armor, close to naked. And my goal is to not be hit and to deal a whole lot of damage and to enchant my weapon. Mm-hmm. That's my goal. And that's the same goal I'm working with this one. And so, like, the, the game is insane because that's the way that I like to play it. That's the way that I roll my die. But let, let's just say if you were, like, a far-off standby, or you like sorcerer, you wanted to be a sorceress or a sorcerer, whatever – you could totally do that, but you have to figure out how that works with your play style. Yeah. And because you'll get your fucking ass whooped while it happens. Because most most RPGs base their characters on a tank, a range, and a mid, right? You got to be diverse. So, and here's the thing. When you're... But com- the added element is the horse. And that'll separate you if you're good at that. Exactly. I have realized that I'm not that bad when I'm doing combat on a horse. But there's certain enemies in the game, and that's something else. You have to figure it out. You're gonna you're gonna get beat by the same enemy multiple times before you figure out a, a strategy and how to beat. Ass and they're not gonna come out of the gate doing the same thing every time, right? You could die, like Margaret, the fell omen. He should be for most players. He should be the first major boss that you fight in the storyline not in general run around but in the storyline he should be the first storyline boss that you come to i think it's almost like it absolutely has to be yeah i mean you're not going to progress but you, past you know like the the story behind that and this is what i love about dark souls and like elden ring and like the storycraft like, did you look into the story behind him? I've been looking about the lore and stuff, but I mean... I've That's been... what makes it beautiful. That's what makes this game, and you have to dig into... Uh, and that's one thing that I would say about, like, modern-day architecture, and it bleeds into real life, is... Um, think about, I don't know, just 30, 40 years ago, architecture. It was way more beautiful. We make things more bland, and we're, we're kind of... Quick and easy. Quick and easy, and it's like most efficient. And then people before us who had didn't have the technology that we have now would build these beautiful constructs, buildings and statues and all this different thing to represent culture. And everything that we have is ugly today. And that is the way that you can carry this game when it comes to it's a weird parallel to fighting bosses or how you carry your build or how you product yourself throughout the game is you the way and that's what that's what's crazy about like um, Dark Souls 2 was like uh, when I was having an existential crisis in my mid-20s was a game that really helped me through Mm -hmm. and like I don't know where I would be without that game because I soaked so much time into it I didn't have time to worry about anything else about playing that but like when it brings it up to today when you talk about like beauty and you think about things of this world like this game inside the game really brings all that stuff out for you to be able to appreciate it for what it is and it's 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 
it's almost better than a book. You know how a movie will never do a book justice? This game will. And and it, what, well, I like where you're going with that because, like you said, you was going through some stuff in this game. Like People were like, oh my God, Al, you, 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 you... Like, why didn't you just get up and go to the gym or do this or do that or this? You stuck your head in a video game? Well, here's the thing. Sure. If you know anything about Elden Ring, you'll know that, first off, George R.R. R. Martin, who, uh, for millions and millions of thousands of you that are out there that follow this trend, if you didn't know it or not, Game of Thrones, that shit that you love, yeah, he, he, he constructed all that. He did that on his own, right? He did that. And guess who he is friends with? Or was, but boom. But the guy who wrote the story, J.R.R. Tolkien, and he, there's a lot. If you talk, if you go, if you dive into George R. R. Martin and you get into him, you'll get into that. And you'll start learning about you know some stuff. And if you watch the movie Tolkien and you learn about J. and you'll learn about him. You know John Ronald Tolkien. You're gonna understand and see how. You want to know when he when he came up with Lord of the Rings? You know that he wasn't. The beginning, it was never that he was going to write a story. How that started, he was trying. He was a linguist, mm-hmm. and he was trying to create a language, and he did. He created the Elven, Elven language. Orcish. He, cre- he created all that, and that's how creating that Speak language. Speak friend and inner dwarvish. Yeah. Uh, and and so, you made a reference to books, and that is what you know. People that really do read books, and I mean, when you read a book, you read a book. And you sit there, and that's a way for you to escape reality, to get yourself out of that norm. Even for people that are big gym enthusiasts, you go to the gym and you work out. Why? Because that's how you separate yourself. Get off, yourself. so to speak. Yeah. So just like a good book, and like you're saying, and it does, video games, especially nowadays more than ever, but video games do 10 times better than movies because you can actually manipulate this character and now with games like Elden Ring you can go beyond the natural order of things and you might build a character that flops and fails and can't win and you have to start completely over and you got to figure it out and and much like it is in life but that is your escape from reality and and, and I think that that in general I think that's a big misconception, especially nowadays, because people mistake video games for the popular ones like Call of Duty. That's not all video games. That's just one of many. And so, just like I said, just like Al said too, a good book, an escape from reality, Mm. games like this, they have a story, they have a plot, but it's not like Crash Bandicoot. You can't just go out there and, you know... You can, you can lose yourself, but it's not a story. Yeah. It's just pretend. Yeah, exactly. But you can't... You can't breathe and, and this is, And this is true, but the thing about, like, Elden Ring and Dark Souls and all these different games is the more that you invest yourself... Like, let's just say you go to a tomb, and you might find an item, and it might reveal to you more about the world or more about, like, the person that you're about to fight to give you an insight on how to beat him. You don't know, and that's what's crazy. And it's like it almost makes you totally in control of how much you're gonna know going into what you're gonna do. You were talking about you were getting you were getting into something about Margaret, and you never got there. And I'm just kind of interested to see what you say. I mean, I'm purely. Oh yeah. yeah. Of what? 
Yeah, we were talking about Margaret, who's the first enemy that you that you should face to progress as far as the storyline goes. Um, and you were talking about that there's uh, something there's something to that why he is that. Well, know. yeah, he's the first fence post. He's the first uh, landmark that you have to go to, and it's also your first humiliation. You'll be humiliated by these lesser enemies, these people who don't have health bars at the bottom of the screen. But the moment that you go to him. If you'll notice in the screenshot, you only get to see it one time. The things that he tells you is everything that your character and yourself and yourself should be enveloped in when it comes to playing this game. Who are you in Elden Ring? Like, if, if we can't think of the exact term, tarnished. We're tarnished, and so he is too. But he's tarnished for a reason. He's torn us for a reason. And he won't... Yeah, let's pause. say about like the first boss and the actual boss when you go to the story or if you're wandering off into the wilderness is it's challenging you as a gamer as a person 
And if you're not ready to overcome that, you won't. And you might have to come back to it time and time again. And you might find that time and time again, you're not ready. And so I'm glad that they didn't make it easy. I'm glad they made it hard because there's a sense of victory uh, when you overcome these small challenges that aren't so small. You know what that's like? If you're reading a book and you're, you know... You're reading the book, and you're you, you know you're reading about the character, and then boom, he runs into a problem, and you're sitting here going, "Well, uh, you know, I you wanted could, to, you could solve it for him. Yeah, you wanted to do this, you wanted to do this. Well, here's the thing: you can't have that until you read the next chapter. There you go. And then if you don't read the next chapter, guess what? You'll never know how the story unfolds. So we're moving on to the next chapter. What do we got going on now, brother? Co, what are we talking about? So you mentioned something earlier, and we were talking about just how, I guess, you know, COVID and, and, and things that's going on around the world about, like, how we're starting to, I guess, like, uh, lose the resources. Um, you know, we're tapping heavily into those fossil fuels and everything else, and, you know, when you mentioned the food shortage and everything else. So I know that I've mentioned in the past just kind of going off into uh, – just more preparedness for oneself. So, sure. so it's you important. Know, it is, and uh, and so you know. Once again, even though uh, they're not a sponsor of the show or anything like that, but just to plug it in that way that people can maybe see it and kind of venture into it yeah, on their we, own. I, mean, I wish we had a code for them that would give them a discount. Yeah, uh, is BattleBox, uh, and it is a monthly subscription, and you can set it up on how you want it. Um, and you know you can start out very basic, or you can go all the way to the elite class, um, and it's basically how much how much you want to spend, you know. And uh, yeah. but uh, they're going to send you a monthly. They're going to send you a box a month, and it's going to have certain items in there. And the thing is, and what this is what I like about it, and it's that let's say that you're not that adventurist. You're not somebody that's got a green thumb. Let's just say you're a yuppie. Yeah, you don't city have, boy. You don't have to do any thinking. They're going to provide that for you. And here's the only thing that you got to do. Now, once you get those tools and equipment, which can be used for a multitude of different things, now you just have to figure out how you're going to use them. But it's going to come with a little manual. It's going to show you how to do it. You can follow their uh, Facebook, their Instagram, their YouTube channel, and they're going to show you step by step on how to use everything. They also have a show on Netflix. You can watch where they test a lot of the products that they put in the battle box, and they're going to show you how to do that kind of stuff. And and I think for somebody that if you don't, if you're not that outside-of-the-box type of thinker, if you know that you're not a good strategist and survivalist and, you know, you, you don't have a green thumb, you don't know anything about nature and everything else, I would definitely look into something like that where you can subscribe and they're going to give it to you and without... Any thought. Right on, and not to waste a whole lot of time there. It's like just going back to the idea is uh, this is a philosophical thing. I'd like to go ahead and go here with you. Is um, let's just say, you know, your parents, my parents, we're from the country. We grew up there. We have a garden. We also maybe have a pond that's convenient so that we can catch fish. We have a field where we can shoot a deer. We can provide for ourselves. And we also probably know someone down the road that has cattle. 
Mm-hmm. So if we, if we want a steak, right, we could buy a cow, right? So we have all these options. A lot of these people may not. And so the one thing about what you're offering here is it's chance. Take it or leave it. Uh, because when it comes, push come the show, philosophically, is here's the question. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply is let's just say that uh, times are hard. I mean, like we're talking about like maybe in a month food is it's kind of scarce and we've we're, we're having to do what we can do. Our family in the woods have food. We know they have food. We have ponds. We can we can provide for ourselves. If a person were to show up on the property to try to take, um, not just take, but maybe just provide for his, mm-hmm. but take, yeah, still, <clears throat> uh, what is the moral obligation there? And sorry, but he's trespassing. Everything on my property, my family property, it's for my family, it's for my friends. I don't know the person, so, um, buddy, I hate it for you. Well, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna face uh, a threat, and if you don't abide by the threat, you're gonna have action. You basically lay yourself at the mercy of someone else's judgment when you do things like that, right? And so one thing that I always, always revert back to whenever we talk, whenever I have this conversation with anybody else, is let's talk about human beings and let's talk about where you come from, okay? Uh, We can start back with cavemen. We come from, you know, we come from hunters, we come from people, get, you know, that's, that's the construct of man. Man had to go out here. They didn't have a McDonald's to go to. They didn't have a grocery store. They had to hunt and provide. All right, let's get forward, you know, a few thousand years. All right, now we get into where we are collecting and we are growing and we are hunting and now we're trading and that barterism comes in. And then we skip a new next thousand years and we're starting to see less and less and less of the, the growing and the trading and everything else and more of the consume the producer produces a product and then the consumer buys, right? So um, but if you go back, you, we all come from uh, your ancestors, you can trace your lineage. Everybody in the, everybody in the world, they, they it's all going to go back. If we go back to the first of man, you're going to go back and at some point in your genealogy, you came from somebody that went out there and they put spear in gut and they provided for them and their family. Uh-huh. So what we're starting to see, and it's not happening rapidly, but it's happening. Slow right. And what we're seeing is a reversal 
from where now you're seeing less of the producer produce, less for consumers to consume and purchase. Now you're seeing more barterism, right? Which is where you see the rise of a lot of uh, self-employed type individuals start their own business. They make their own product. They have this product. They make their own. They sell it for cheaper. Now they're barter, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then um, one big thing that has kind of taken the world by storm is um, the, the interest in the outdoors, in in camping and trail riding and EDC and, 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 and firearms and stuff like that. So what you're starting to see, in and so my biggest thing is this, is one, it's natural, it's part of your DNA, it's primal. And I've mentioned this, I want to say on the last time you and I talked about it, had a podcast, I mentioned something about that primal instinct, that fight or flight. So let's go back to you know that time period where you know let's just say for example um so my family my mother's side um there was a mix of Cherokee and Choctaw mm. Indians okay mm. so let's just go back to that 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 period okay um Cherokee Choctaw you pick a tribe of Indians let's just talk about Indians in general Native Americans um, and they they hunted, they provided for themselves. Okay, so each tribe had a territorial region in which they kind of had to themselves, right? Certain tribes would parlay with other tribes so that way they could kind of build a network to do trading, to do hunting, because maybe in this area where the Cherokee they don't have a this year their population of deer was not as strong as it was in the Choctaw's population, right? So that's why they network and then they work on that. All right. However, here we go. Some other tribe comes in and they hunt on their territory. Mm. Well, without it being uh, you know, an act of war, what it is though, it's an active threat. You're trying to take away our food source, which what is that going to do to us? We depend on this food source in order to be able to provide and continue us, to continue our village, to continue to grow, to continue to provide and new, you know, provide everybody with, with everything, the necessities that they need. So you coming onto my land, you trespassing onto my land, that's not an act of war. That's an act of violence against me. That's an act of violence against my family, and that's an act of violence against my tribe. I must kill you because you're threatening my entire nation, mm. my tribe, my people, right? If I don't kill you, I can't feed my son. There you go. So. It's coming back to that. And so the thing is, is what people have to really, really focus on is this, okay? We are millions of years, we, 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 are, we are surpassed that time period. So, what do we have? We have the resources now. We have the technology now to mass produce things. Not only mass produce things, but we can grow things at an, a way increased rate than ever before. Um, we can do super grows. I mean, we can do all this and that and more. I mean, we've even started to duplicate certain things, right? Uh, man-made man-made duplication of certain things right we started to replicate those things and you may not get the same nutrients from that if you replicate but think about the chicken nugget 
the chicken nugget, you know? Perfect example. And the way that we're moving, like, more plant-based. And, by the way, uh, boys and girls, I want to tell you is that is not the way. That is actually awful for you. Um, when we go back looking throughout U.S. history and when these federal agencies got involved, when they started cracking down on these things, and then we had these companies who made our food uh, do it as cheap as possible, and people turned their head or just let it go. It's like with a McDonald's chicken nugget. That's not a chicken nugget. Like, percentage-wise, maybe 5%. 5 chicken. Yeah, you're eating a whole bunch of, like, fabricated shit. But it tastes great, don't it? You're going to eat it. Yeah. And it's going to fill you up. And that's why we have this epidemic right now with these people who just... People, I mean, men. uh, There's man boobs, and there's these different things. Why? Is... Uh, I think it's the same reason why, like, cancer didn't exist some time ago. It's with the foods and everything that we're making, maybe the things that we put off in the air or whatever else. It's like we don't do things the way that we used to and these things that are becoming more prevalent. And so the best thing that we can do is be natural. Now, like, go back to caveman. Yeah. Well, your life expectancy was like 25, and so like you and I both have already surpassed that. And like with today's day and age, it's like even though eating chicken nuggets and doing all this, it's like, yeah, we could live to be 80 or 90 if we behave ourselves, if we don't get too wild with nicotine, with tobacco, or if we don't get too crazy with alcohol, or, you know, just life happens, right? Mm -hmm. But the, the whole thing about it is if we would... And this is a huge conversation opener, is uh, we need to think more natural. We need to get back to the field. We need to get back to the farm. We need to get back to all these. Chickens are way bigger today than they ever were. <laughs> and I'm not talking about like on the farm. I'm talking about what you would get when you go to Chick-fil-A. Like that chicken that was raised to be slaughtered. That's a big-ass chicken. It didn't used to look that way, right? And then you look at what your brother or sister-in-law is doing on their farm or whatever, and it's like those chickens are like normal chickens, right? These are, these are gigantic chickens. And so, like, we, we see all this protein pump. We see all this horse shit that's being pumped, and you're eating that. But, like, I'm telling you, it's like when you go and you get these Beyond Burgers at Hardee's or Burger King or wherever else, you'd be better off just eating them, what they call meat. And that is something, too. Ever since, you know, and I'm not getting, I'm not really, I don't have an issue with people uh, taking care of themselves. By all means, if you look back in the 1920s, if you look back, if you go back and you look at a school portrait, a graduating class of 1920 whatever, you'll see that like men and women both, they were like naturally more in shape than we are now. And why? Because we can just say for one, all right, well, well, let's talk about the diet. Okay, well back then they didn't have organic this and organic that they didn't have plant-based this and plant-based that but on top of that too they also had like npe 
you actually did PE. Like, you climbed ropes. You did stuff. Well, I want to say this. is like I, I don't think it's uh, rational to believe that you'll have a six-pack of abs when you're 35. No. I, I think your body... Yeah, I think that's things for, like, teenagers and people who are on drugs. Yeah. But... I, but people... I, well, the, what I'm getting at is, is, like, the farther we get in time down the road, the more advanced we get, the more... I guess... The more intelligent we seems to get, the less and less farther, the more farther away we get from our natural selves, which is absolutely, you know, which is why like you're seeing all these ads on TV, like working out from home. Yeah, working out at home is great. Don't get me wrong, especially during COVID, right? But hey, go for a walk, walk your dog, right? Why? Because you need that air, you need that nutrient that the sun is going to give you that sunlight. On top of that, hey. Eat a home-cooked meal. Don't go to fast food, even though fast food is easy. And in law enforcement, I know this. Sometimes I have to do that because that's all I can do because I've got to go from call to call to call to call. I don't get a chance to sit down and actually eat a meal. But if you can, go and eat a home-cooked meal and put put some... You don't have to... You don't have to... You know, you don't have to eat steak every night, but... You know, do some pork, do some chicken, do some this, do some that, and eat some stuff. Put some greens in your diet. Eat some black beans or peas or green beans or squash or eggplant. There's so many different options you can choose from out there. You don't have to like this if you don't like that. I mean, you can kind of pick and choose. But that's something that just needs to really happen. Everybody's got to stop going, okay, you know, non- at here's my day. I wake up at 6 a.m. By the time I'm showered and dressed and eaten, I'm sorry, I don't eat breakfast because breakfast is no longer a thing anymore. I get up and I drive my eco-friendly car to the nearest coffee shop. I walk in and I buy this expensive overpriced coffee, which I'm going to drink in less than 15 minutes all the way to the bottom, right? And it's full of sugar and caffeine and everything else. All the things that make me love life, right? At the same time, I'm going to, before I got to there, I'm going to smoke at least a cigarette or a vape or whatever else. And I'm going to get a bagel. Now, this isn't just any bagel. You can put a little cream cheese on there? This is an organic bagel. Oh, oh. 100% organic. Oh. And I'm going to eat that. That is supposed to sustain me from the time that I drink this coffee until I get to work. From when I get my coffee, it takes me exactly 10 minutes to get to work. I get to work. I'm going to work from when I get there, which should be around 7, 7, 7.30, till lunch, 11.45 is when I get my lunch break. What have I done in between that time? I'm not snacking, and if I do snack, what does the vending machine provide? Cheetos, Doritos, Snickers. So, what am I going to do? I'm going to go to the coffee pot, and I'm going to drink another pot. I'm going to drink another three or four cups of coffee. 
Or I'm going to get a, I'm gonna get a soda. I'm going to get a caffeine. I'm going to get an energy drink. I'm going to get something like that. I'm going to take a smoke break, and then I'm going to come back in, and I'm going to do this. 11.45, all right, lunchtime. I know that it takes me exactly 20 minutes, 20 minutes. If I take out the coffee shop stop, it takes me at least 15 minutes at the most to get to my home. <coughs> 15 minutes that it would take me to get home, I could come home and I could cook a meal in less than 15 minutes, which would give me at least another 20 to 30 minutes to eat and get back to work. But I'm not going to do that Mm-mm. because I'm going to go across the street where this fast food joint is and I'm going to order a McDouble with fries and an extra large Coke and I'm going to eat that, and that's going to sustain me from 11.45 until about 3 o'clock. It's true. And right, and so the thing is, is when I get off at 3 o'clock, I'm going to do actually the reverse of all of that. And I'm going to go home, and then maybe, maybe I cook a meal. Nine times out of ten, though, it's going to come out of a bag, and it's already going to be done for me. And so that's the thing, especially families. If, if, you have a, if you have a co-parenting situation where you got mom and dad and you got the household right and you've got something like that going, hey, look, let's figure out a strategy, all right? Let's not think about, oh, the world's coming to an end. Don't think about it like that. Like, let's just make us better, right? So we're not going to eat McDonald's tonight. We're not going to do this tonight. Let's, let's actually cook a home-cooked meal and we're going to include some vegetables we're going to include some things that doesn't come out of a bag and that's just the start of it man that's just basic you know if people could get back on that program i think we'd be all right i think so too that would be the thing about it uh just moving the conversation forward is what else do we have going on here is uh, so and this is something that irked me earlier. <clears throat> I'm a, uh, you know, I, I follow a lot of the veteran pages, a lot of those influencers that are veterans. They make YouTube channels and everything else. I do. I watch a lot of that stuff. And recently, Medal Honor recipient. All right. When you hear those words, what does that make you think? One more time. Medal Honor recipient. Well, makes me think a lot of things. I'm thankful for his service. He must if, have done if, something. If this guy is a Medal Honor recipient, yeah. If he were walk, if he a lot were of com- respect, yeah. If exactly respect right out the door, right? Yeah. Number one thing, he's a hero, right? Like that's what people portray. So, without doing anything at all, if before I introduce myself to you, if if someone's like, hey, Al. Um, I've got this guy coming, and I can't just say, hey, his name's Steve. He's, um, his name's Steve. He's a Medal of Honor recipient. If I said that, what is that going to... You're automatically right out the door. Respect, right? Mm. So, <clears throat> for those of us that are not familiar with uh, Dakota Meyer, he is a Marine, and is somebody that I respect. He is a Medal of Honor recipient. You can look into Dakota Meyer's story on your own. I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to sit here and do all that. That's that's not what I'm here. The point is, is he made a comment and he did it on YouTube. And and here's my thing. I don't know if he did it for the clout. I don't know if he did it because he truly 
honestly believes this. Nowadays, it's kind of hard to tell. But right out of the gate, when you see that word, Medal Honor Recipient, does it not, just the word, the phrase itself, does it not gain respect? It does. That's the highest award that this nation can provide you as an individual. Yeah, I mean, that's that's almost like a immediate, like, salute. When right? people see that, you're automatically directed to give that person your full, undivided attention and every bit of respect that you can, right? Mm-hmm. Because if we learn from our history, we know that people that are Medal Honor recipients... That means they've done some type of heroic, something that that required valor, went above and beyond to save someone's life or complete a task or objective that saved lives or something along the, that nature, right? We would, we, we would hope think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see it twisted with like CNN and like with Malcolm Mance. Um, he claims to be like uh, intelligence. And he did serve in the military, but he was over in, uh, like, he's, like, uh, oh, what is it, like, International Ukraine Project or whatever, to where all these uh, different people all over the world are getting involved with the Ukraine fight. And he had this viral video to where, like, he was identifying missiles. That's a, that's a cruise missile. And he was like calling it like it was thunder. He was like, count to ten, I'll strike. There's the smoke. And I'm like, you're, no. Mm. We're, we're doing all this for, for clout. We're doing all this for uh, uh, political reasons. Yeah, This is not the way to handle, but that's typically the way that all these things are handled. Yeah. Um, and and I still I'm still I wouldn't say I, I'm just I'm in the I'm in the like we kind of we kind of take care of our own and and for the most part you know there are some bad eggs in every genre or every tribe or every group or anything like that or every culture but so just to get to the the you know just to get to the the point of the, what I'm trying to make is Dakota Meyer recently said something he made a video. A video about this on YouTube. It's on YouTube. You can look it up now. But he was basically he was uh, showing a lot of he was sharing his opinion. Which let me just start out with this. There's nothing wrong with sharing your opinion. People that are big influencers and people out here in the world that do podcasts, that do YouTube and everything else, that is what they're doing. They're sharing their opinion, and you don't have to like it. But once again, let's go back to what I just started this all out with. If I came to you and you don't know me and the first thing that they said was, this is Medal Honor recipient, right? That means if you are a true American that has at least a little shred of respect, then you are probably going to render respect to me without even knowing anything about me. Mm -hmm. You don't even know me. So I'm not saying that you have to walk a certain walk or talk a certain talk, but at the same time, I would at least expect you to humble have some humility. And when he said this, it kind of shocked me because it's kind of like what you and I talk about whenever I do come on the show is about people being prepared. And here's my thing. I'm not going to I'm not going to downgrade Dakota Meyer. I'm not. 
because he is an American hero, and I'm not saying that. And here's my thing. I'm not going to sit here and say that I 100% agree or disagree with the comment that he made because, once again, it is his opinion, and that is why he says it. You don't have to like it. It's an opinion, right? But I will say this. I'm going to try to take what he said because porch talk is a lot bigger than what people actually know. Um, and so from day one, when I was with you in the very beginning of this thing, we had listeners that were listening in European countries from day one. So I know that regardless of how people may see this, there is a very large voice that comes out of this output. So I will say this, and I'm not trying to save his 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 how people look at him or view him or anything else. I just believe what he meant to say was this. Dakota Meyer actually said something, and he criticized people that go out here and they put on all this tactical gear and all this tactical equipment, and they get out here and they make these YouTube videos and they shoot and they do all this other stuff. The way that he put it out was that he he had an issue with it. He said that they were fake and that they were, you know, you know, just a, you know, that it was a it was a disgrace and, and that he finds a lot of issues with it and just irks him and stuff like that. Um, and that they're they're trying to display that they're somebody that they're not. Okay. What he meant to say was, and in my opinion, this is that there is a line between stolen valor and people that are actually going out here and trying to better their fellow man. So, with that being said, there are a lot of people out there that do gain a lot of attention that, I'm going to name one, Blazarian. He did not he did not finish buds. But he will tell you that he's a Navy SEAL. He's not. He never finished buds. If you watch the Las Vegas shooting at the uh, Jason Aldean concert, mm-hmm. he runs up to a cop and asks the cop to give him a gun. If anybody in their right mind knew who Dave Blazarian was, they never would have handed him a gun in the first place. He's like, dude, give me a rifle. No, we're not giving you a rifle. Mm. All that, in my opinion, is is who Dakota Meyer was talking about. Those kind of people, mm. Dave Blazarians, those kind of guys, those people. I'll tell you another one. There's a guy, he owns his company, and you know what? Look, the kid puts out a lot of material, okay? He puts out a lot of material, a lot of videos, he gets a lot of clout, um, and I can't remember the name of it, but uh, it's going to come back to me, it's going to come back to me, but... There are people out there that truly, really are trying to better their fellow man. And they may throw on some camouflage equipment or some tactical gear. Well, here's the first thing first. Veterans, you guys, don't matter if you're special operations or not, you got to understand something. I can go buy that shit from Walmart, all right? It's not sacred to us anymore. It's not. You can go buy exactly everything, every ounce of kit that I wore in the Marine Corps. You can go out here and you can buy it right now. Mm. So let's start with that. Number two, stolen valor is 100% different from people that are actually trying to help their fellow man. This person is not out here trying to personify that they are 
a veteran and that you have to do things this way. This is a person that has picked up a hobby and they've started to explore deep into this hobby and they're sharing their their research with you. They're sharing their opinions with you and they're sharing what they've learned with you in hopes that maybe you're going to take what they've said and that you're going to... Uh, you're going to be able to kind of succeed in your own way from what they've been showing you. Mm -hmm. Then, at the end of the day, you have people that are truly 100% shitbird stolen valor. Stolen valor, they've never served a day in their life, they've never served in any capacity. And that they go out there and they try to create the, the illusion that they are these war-torn veterans. Mm-hmm. And they wear the uniforms and they do it and all this other stuff. So, in going back to that, I also wanted to remind Dakota about something about this because he's a Texan, and and you know, I, you know, Texas is big in law enforcement community and everything else. All right. So, for example, if you go to any country. In, in, in a, if you go to any country outside the United States, you're going to see a lot of differences and a lot of separation between the way that we have life and the way that they have life. Mm -hmm. I have a friend of mine that he and I play an online mobile game, and he's in Australia. Right now, everybody in their mind thinks, Australia, I would love to vacation there. Fuck, you do not want to go to Australia right now. If I talk to him right now, I could probably call Second him on the, on the group, and he's probably going to be like, like you know, talk to me. And he's going to tell me that he hasn't left his home in over a year because they can't, because they're actually they're they're militarized and they're saying. I mean, it may not be that big of a deal now, but no, it is. But the thing is, is you got to understand that even in our worst times, we still have it a little bit better than other places. Sure. And so that should never be the case. It it should never been the case. It shouldn't, but. You can go to some of these, like in the Middle East. There are some prominent nations, and there are some that are not as prominent. Oh, it goes, it goes to this. Is you want to talk about Middle East? Is uh, you're talking about Muslim, you're talking about Islam, with that religion, everything that they have to bring to the table, the way that they think about the world. Man. But I mean, what I'm saying though is, is yeah, like. It's, and that, not so much the Muslim people, it's not about a religion, it's more of like the place, the, the geographics, of the, you know, the geographical well, that's, area. That's, that's, that's who they are, though. Yeah, but they are, you know, they are, you know, those, like, for example, when I was in Jordan, we still had Bedouin tribes that were going out there, that were out there doing their thing, right? And it doesn't matter if we have cell phones and walkie-talkies and all this, that, and the other, they're still going to live life like they've been living life because that's what they do. That's right. You can still go out and find, and I mean, there are tribes of people like in the rainforests and stuff that are still secluded unto themselves. Mm. Doing that's that. right. So, but what I'm trying to say is, what I'm getting to is this, is like, is we, you go to these places, right, and, and, and you see where they don't have it as, as good as we do, right? Mm. Um, and I kind of lost my train of thought there for a little bit, but I'm going to regain it by going back to the thing about law enforcement is, is not everybody has to join the military 
to see these things, and I finally figured out what I was getting back to, is is that you're going to go to these countries, and you're going to be in the military, and you're going to see some things, right? And you're going to see that it's not the same. And then you're going to come back, and you're going to see the difference. Mm. For those listening, I just want to share with you that I've never fired my weapon to kill another man. Never have. I do not own a combat action ribbon. I have been on two deployments, and I have skipped around every single little bit. I've been in a million different places. I was, a, I was an infantry. I was an infantry marine. My job was to locate and close with and destroy the enemy by fire, maneuver, or close combat. But I never got put in that environment. It wasn't wanna... my choice. But what I'm saying is, does that make me any less the person that I am today? No, because I will share yeah. you this. When I came back from those places that I had toured, that I had visited as a Marine, and I saw the differences, and I saw everything else, I can tell you, like, what we got going on over here is pretty rough. I was working the streets as a patrol officer in Columbus from 2016 until, like, 2019, 2020. And I'm going to tell you right now, dude, there's a lot of stuff that's going on that... You know, our guys that are going over there and they're sitting over here whooping ass across overseas and they're coming back, that they don't know what's going on. Mm. But, I mean, there's people out here killing each other. There's people out here robbing each other. Why? Mm -hmm. Over $5 dice games. Mm. Why? Over a $15 dirt-ass bag of weed. Mm -hmm. All this is going on. So let me ask you this. Is that law enforcement officer who's never served a day in his life, who's never worn the uniform of of a United States service member, if he's only worked in law enforcement from day one to day now, and he finds himself in some type of special unit like a SRT or SWAT or something like that, where he has to wear this military-type uniform and he utilizes these military-type tactics and he utilizes these military-type equipment and weapons, does that make him a fake? No, it doesn't make him a fake. No, because he's fighting a war. No, I mean... He's fighting a battle. And he's doing his job, and it doesn't make him any less. So, my brother, I just want to share that with you, that, you know, not everybody fought that fight. They didn't get that. They were not in the desert with you. They did not shed blood beside you. They did not, they didn't, you, you did for them what they didn't have to do. But I promise you, in places like Detroit. And you don't it, have to do any more. No, in places like Chicago, Memphis, Tennessee, Birmingham, Alabama, Atlanta, Georgia, sure. Columbus, Mississippi, Dallas, Texas, Las Vegas, Nevada. Mm. There's people right now, right now that are dying, that are getting shot, that are getting raped, that are getting mugged, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, remind just just to add that, all right? I just want I just want to share that like and, and, and it's something that I had to get over as a veteran. It's something that I had to get over. Because I hated cops when I came back. Hated them. And, 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 it, and, and, and when I came back and I became a cop myself, I regretted ever feeling that way. I felt terrible. Because I have, I have done more things against my fellow man in law enforcement than I ever did in the military. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying I've got put in that situation more times than I ever had in the military. And the thing is, 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 is that's a realization that I wanted to share. And I wanted to share the people that followed Dakota Meyer. I want you to know that he's not wrong, but at the same time, he didn't. He, he, he may have to get over that. 
that's something that he might have to get over because it was something that I had to get over too. It's something that a lot of us have to get over. We all say it. We all, we'll all be sitting at the base. We'll all be sitting in the barracks and we're sitting there bullshitting with our boys and everything. And you're like, man, I wish a cop would. I wish a cop would. Why? Because you're this big, bad military service member? Hey, why don't you go somewhere like, oh, I don't know, Memphis PD and go walk up to one of their TAC dudes with, with, uh, with MPD TAC and go over there and try to try to go over there and uh, try to get over one of those guys. Mm-mm. I promise you, they probably almost got the same experience tactically as a Navy SEAL. Why? Because they're special operations and they're they're but they're they're law enforcement. So that's just something that I just wanted to share because I know there's a lot of people and I, you know he has ties to Black Rifle. He has ties to Jack Carr who. Um, is, has ties to Six Sour and Jack Carr produces all these books and we all love that and he's not trying to tarnish any of that he's not doing that it's just something something that just needs to be noticed is that there is a fine separation between people that are out here trying to help their fellow man and better their fellow man and there's people that are actually out here stolen valor and those of you that are going out here and you are you know accused of that and you are actually out here Stealing valor, you are trying to portray to be somebody that you're not. Yes, that is a crime, but at the same time, it's more of a crime against your fellow man, right? Because you're not that person. But if you are an enthusiast for gear, for guns, for anything, survival, for tactics, and you're teaching that to other people in order to better your fellow man, then by all means, brother, you keep pushing. Hey, you. I think that does it. I think that's enough for this episode. Woo, man, I'm... I was hot on that. You're fired up? Yeah. Let's roll it out. This has been uh, Cobrit. And we're done. Boom. Peace out. Running on time on the highway. Running on time on the night. Looks like things going my way. This time get it right. Get it right. Hanging in the backyard, fireworks in my hand. Good looking mama dancing, firing up the band. Smoking wheels are burning, leather to my leg. Lying on window dancing, diamonds in my head. Running on time on the highway, running on time on the night. Looks like things going my way. This time, get it right, get it right. We get it
Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.